Welcome to the Welsh Yogi Podcast. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Welsh Yogi Podcast. First one in a long time. First one since our Athiatra Festival. First one since Dave Ramita Swami visited. Mm-hmm. First one since you've been to Hungary in that time. Yeah. What have you done? I've been attacked by my neighbor's dog yeah. today, this morning. What happened? His name's Oscar, and he seems like a nice dog, but sometimes, as we're going inside the house, it just flips, and it just starts attacking me, my wife, you know, the, anyone going in and out of the, the house. And then today, it seemed all nice, and I was just, I've been like, okay, Oscar, and... The next door neighbor was like, okay, give it a treat to try and, so I can sort of try and win it over psychologically. She was there? Yeah, and it's happened before, and I just know I can never win I can never win this dog over. I've tr- given it treats before, and it's just snapped, and it's bit in my leg and ripped my trousers and stuff, you know? So the, so the same thing happened again today. I went, it just snapped and just started chasing me, and I was, I was running back from it, and then as it would lunge to bite me, I would aim it, so I would time it, so I would kick the dog in the face as it was... Co- trying to bite me it used to be a taekwondo master no? that's where it came in and but you know if it wasn't for my own martial arts expertise yeah, any other normal human being would be you know ripped apart by now like and it is serious because my wife can't do that you know what i mean or if you've got sandals on you're not going to kick the dog in its face and stuff you know so so what would you do about it I told him, I said to the next one, just keep the dog on the lead when we're around i said my wife is scared to go in and out of our house because I need a dog. <laughs> Neighbor's like, oh yeah, just every time it wants to, you know, if it keeps attacking, you just kick it in the face, it'll learn then. It's like, no, I don't want to have a fight with it. I don't want to <laughs> fight your dog every time I want to try and get it out of the house. What does the bag of Gita say about this? <laughs> bag of Gita says... Um, <laughs> Shut up, bag of Gita. <laughs> I don't know. It's something. Yeah, how can I play the bag of Gita in That's this, what I was this thinking, circumstance? Like, how would a yogi react? Well... What would Prabhupada do? It's in the bag of a gear. It's all the way over there on that bookshelf. But there's, if there's an aggressor, then you should, you know, you should do have to defend yourself. Mm. Yeah. You reckon the dog thinks that your house is? It's is not the its dog's house. fault. It th- you know, dogs. It's territorial, like. Yeah, it, it it thinks I'm an intruder or something. It must you know, it's probably had a messed up past. Mm. But that's why dogs aren't actually meant to be kept in the house. You know, do, you know, in in Vedic society, if you had a pet dog, it would be outside. It wouldn't be inside, sleeping on the same bed as you, and you know, leaving all its hair and peeing in the house. And you know, you keep animals outside, and human beings are inside. You know, hmm. that's what you do. So, and yeah, is, dogs is that... are just you know that's why they're. Anyway. Anyway, I will uh, kill it one day. <laughs> Careful now. You said it. It's gone out. Dog eaters. There's a type of uh, caste, isn't there, in Vedic society called dog eaters. They would eat dogs. So, uh, anyway, mm-hmm. welcome to the Welsh Yogi podcast. Hi, right, Krishna. Yeah. Back to you. So, what's up, man? How have you been? I've been. I'm here. I'm still here. I'm still in the ring. That's good. Yeah. That's all you got to do. I mean, that'd be a sad day, wouldn't it? One day it's Welsh Yogi podcast. And where's Back to He's. He's died. He's gone. Like it happened one day. One day. What, yeah. You reckon I'm gonna, you're, you're going to outlive me? Are we going to do the podcast until we die? It'd be good if we did. Like, cool. I mean, <laughs> depends. Like, 
depends if I get killed because I'm like a dog attacking people all the time. Yeah. Need to sort it out. Yeah, what was that? I mean, that's the thing. I must have done something to that dog in my previous life. Yeah, it works like that. That's what I'm learning now. <clears throat> things you do come back to you. Yeah. Like, uh, it just in my personal life, it's like the things I do come back to me just this past couple of weeks a lot quicker. Like, sometimes you just do something. I don't know what an example of, you know, like take a pe- take a piece of cake that's just on the counter without asking or something. It's just made up. And then you eat it and you don't get caught and you get away with it. But then it will come back to you some way, some other. But these days I've been taking that piece of cake and it's straight away. So I was like, why have you taken my cake? And then I'm forced to deal with myself. You ever had periods of time like that? Yeah, you just it's, in one sense it's good if mm. you can't you can't get away with anything. Yeah, it's good. So then you're forced to improve. Yeah, you know because so so that's, so most of the time we cheat ourselves mm. out of out of self improvement. You know, which is why it's good to have others around us who are, can always like correct us, uplift us. And I was listening um, our spiritual teacher Sri Ramaswamy the podcast. Actually, this is another traumatic experience I had recently. I'm going to let you all know. This is my traumas with animals. Okay. A bird flew into my room. Did I tell you this? No, I never heard about this. Really? This is just a few days ago. A bird, like a magpie. A mag- I, one magpie? One magpie. One for sorrow? Exactly. Oh, my God. I go up. I'm walking up my stairs, and I hear this, like, frantic, like, banging, and, and, and this noise, shrieking noise. I open the door, oh. and there's a magpie inside my room, which is fairly small, just banging against this closed window, banging, banging, freak, really freaking out. And I'm thinking, oh my, well, I, I just don't know what to do. And I, so I call my wife. She's working in Cafe Hammer at the time. Mm. And I say, go, Pagita, you got to come home right now. I can't deal with this. I'm freaking <laughs> Wait, out. Wait, what? It's meant to be the other way around. <laughs> I know. It's, I said, I'm freaking out. She's like, look, I'm busy. I'm in Atma. I've got stuff to do. I said, I just can't. There's a bird. It's in our room. I don't know how it got in there. It's freaking out. And she just says, well, just open a window. So I, I grab a big blanket and just cover myself with it. Because <laughs> there's nothing worse. I hate birds. It's from that Alfred Hitchcock film, The Birds. And an idea of a bird fly, like moths. I hate moths. about like, the sharpness of a bird. And just no, so sharp it's, beak, sharp It's something toes. about something unpredictably flying around. Yeah. That can just... That's why I, like, I freak out if I'm in a room with a moth or something, you know. Because it can just... But this, so this bird was like, like that times a million. So I get this blanket and open the window, and then I and then I run back and peek outside the door and say, "Okay, bird, just you know, get out of that effing window, like you know." And then the bird jump goes up, and there's two windows. I open one, the one on the right, and it just goes for the one on the left. You can see all these marks, and it's just freaking out. And then it stops, and it's on the floor, and it's like, and it's like I thought it'd been like hurt or damaged, and it's making this weird noise, and you can tell that it's completely freaked out, you know. And it's going, <gasps> like it's weird noise. And I'm like, anyway, in the end, my wife had to come, leave Atma, come. She compassionately put it in a box and, you know, and put it outside. But I was thinking, my, my spiritual teacher was saying, you know, if you have, so that was an extreme example, but if you have like a, say if you have a bumblebee or a fly or a wasp and you're trying to let it out of the room, mm. like the psychology is that, you know, if you're, It'll be going towards the window because it'll think like, "Oh, that's that's where the outside is." And constantly be knocking itself on the on the mm. on the glass. So you you have to try and open the window in such a way. And no matter how you open, like if you open, 
You know, if you open the window up, it'll just go up with the glass. You know, if you have a skylight window, it won't understand that it has to go down. It'll always just, the psychology will be, it'll always just keep going towards what it thinks is the outside, but it's not. So similarly, like we have, we think we can get happiness in this world. So we're, we're freaking out and we're smashing our heads against what we think is the outside. What we think is, okay, this is where I can get my happiness from. And there's other teachers around us and people trying to help us, you know. And we think, and we're, you know, sometimes they really freak us out even more. And we think, oh, they must, you know, we don't understand what, what they're doing. They're, they're trying to say, look, you, you have to go this way. I know it doesn't look like that's the way, but the psychology that you are. But look, you just literally, you just have to go around the corner a little bit. Or you just have to go under this little window. You know, but we're like these little creatures that are just, you know so you know habituated that we we can't someone's trying to help us and we can't understand how and yet we're still banging our head so we i had to clear all this bird poo from all the room it oh. went it went it went everywhere i had to clean everything it knocked everything off it, 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 there was marks on the window where it was like you could tell it was just frantically smacking its beak against the glass mm. And so, like in this material world, you know, we're just leaving stool everywhere, creating loads of mess, smacking our beak against this glass, trying to get out. And all we have to do is wait until the compa- compassionate spiritual teacher, in this case, it was my wife Gopagita, comes and puts us in a box and chucks us outside. Is okay, I'm finished. It's a nice analogy, though, isn't it? Like yeah. We want to do it our way, but our way, our, like the bee or the whatever, the bird, has like this learnt behaviour. And it only knows how to act in one way. And it's sincere. It's not like it's trying to do anything wrong. Mm. You know, from its own point of view, it thinks, no, this is how I get outside. Mm. So simply we're, we're not like, you know, we're sincerely thinking, no, this is how I get happiness. You know, there's nothing, in one sense, there's nothing too crooked about it all. It just becomes crooked because we think that I can get happiness when I, by exploiting others in the extreme case, and then it gets a bit... Mm. Yeah, you talk about bees. When I was just in Hungary... I was in, I was like serving Sri Ram Swami in his garden. And like, um, there's something about being in that environment where it's like very purifying, very It's intense. It's intense. But there's like, um, purifying like, means like, you know, getting rid of your bad stuff, basically, in one sense. Like getting rid of the stuff that's holding you back or whatever. Yeah, getting clean, getting... If you're close to the fire, that's where the most warmth is. That's also mm. where the most likely is you're going to get burnt as well. So. Yeah, but I was having so. this really bizarre phenomenon where every day I was getting stung on the foot by bees, like three or four times a day. <laughs> and it was like really bad because there was all these flowers all over the floor and we're walking barefoot <clears throat> and these bees were stinging me. And I was like, oh my gosh, why does this keep happening? And then like at one moment I was like, this is just getting rid of my bad karma. Yeah. Like this, this pain that I'm feeling because it makes your makes your face tingle. It makes you. I don't know if you get stung by a bee before. Yeah. It's, yeah, because it's a poison that runs yeah. through your whole bloodstream. Yeah, your whole. You just start pulsing. <laughs> it's kind of nice in one sense. It's like whoa, I got stung by a bee. <laughs> but it hurts. And one one time we were serving, we were like serving dinner, and I stood in the bee, and I was just like, <laughs> you can't do any because you're serving. You've got to be very like, like a waiter seen and not heard that kind of thing. Yeah. So I was just like. Oh my but no, it's interesting how sometimes to look at things like that, when we get bumps or when we get hurt, we can see it as like when we when bad things happen to us, we see it that if we can see it as something good, 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? Instead of why is this happening to me? Why is it happening for me? We've heard that before. Like, yeah, we can see it as this is helping me get closer to understanding Krishna. To get if it's you know, if it's done, yeah, get out the window. If it just happens of its own accord, without you looking for, it. like, if you've just been an idiot and you bump, bump against something, anyway. I'm traumatized from animals. I'm glad I never had a pet or anything like that. You didn't have a pet? Yeah, my brother did though. He had these two hamsters. Have I talked about, I talked about this loads. Gerbils. So. I never heard it on a podcast. These two little gerbils he had called. Um, <clears throat> have to remember their name in order to honour them. Jack. And. Um, anyway, they were, and it was quite sad because one of them died. And they were just stuck in this little plastic box for their entire lives. Two friends, one of them died, the other one was blind. And it was just like, I guess one day woke up and, you know, saw his friend's corpse there, didn't understand what's going on, and just running around in his little plastic box. It was just like, you know, in his own stool and everything. And I just thought, this is so cruel, you know. Mm. And there's a little kid looking after these hamsters, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, what kind of karma do you have to get to be yeah this i in 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 the vedic like generally animal life the body of an animal like you don't get karma as an animal Mm. like that dog for biting me for example doesn't get any bad karma because it's just an animal so you just follow your senses so you don't you don't accrue bad and good or bad karma because you just follow your you're a slave to your mind and senses that's why in in human form of life because you you know, you you can utilize this ability of discrimination. You can choose whether to bite someone or not, for example. So that's why in human life you get good and bad karma. It can be used to either elevate yourself in future lives or degrade yourself. But generally, if if the soul is in a body of a, a plant or an animal, you're just you're just burning off bad karma that you've accrued from previous lives. Yeah, so mm. you're just you know, like burning off a yeah. Your debt. So yeah, so I don't know why don't know that. No, it's cool. This is the an- animal episode. Shout out to Freckles, my fish that died when I was three. That's um, another thing. Fish, like you know, yeah. fish that gets stuck when in. Remember we on that retreat? Did you see those fish? Yeah, There's yeah. a fish tank when we were on the back to retreat or whatever. There was a fish tank and it was. It's just black. It was like the darkest. No one bothered to clean it or anything, and he's just got these like f- just these little. F- you couldn't even tell there was fish in there. Yeah. Like when I look, oh, there's fish in there. It's like a black cube, glass cube. It was actually a fish yeah. tank. Yeah, these, these fish. Like Christian explains, there's living entities everywhere, mm. and for each living entity, there's a reason why that you know there's a soul in every living entity, and there's a reason why that's you know has a certain term of existence. It's got to live out, you know. But you should be compassionate to all living living beings. Yeah, my dog Harry. <coughs> I think that was a purifying name for a dog. Hmm. Harry, Harry, Harry. It's like Harry Krishna. Yeah. But my mum gave him away after one year because hmm. he was biting everything. That's the thing, dogs. They're animals, and we're trying to like, you know, t- uh, recently, um, quite sad news. This great devotee, Nimai Pandit Prabhu, passed away. Hmm. He told me that his father was called Harry. 
Chief Ram Swami said one of the reasons you're a devotee is because you were saying your father's name so much when you were little because Hari is a name for God mm. you know, so you get purified but he was Nimai Pandit was such a amazing devotee he was just, he was like a brilliant like had a brilliant brain you know, like a super scientist he told me once he said because I asked him out of all the devotional activities that you have in Bhakti Yoga you know what are your favorite he said, there's two things that I just absolutely love. He said, I, he, he really enjoyed all the elements of practicing Krishna consciousness and Bhakti Yoga. But he said, two things he loved. And now, he liked deity worship a lot, but he said, the two things he really loved. He said, one was cooking. He said, he loves cooking. And he was just, a, he was a, a magician in the kitchen. Hmm. He said, I loved cooking. And he said, the other thing I loved, he absolutely loved, was book distribution. Hmm was going out and distributing books. In fact, one year, because he, he, he couldn't walk at all, he was very badly damaged, you know, his whole body was, you know, quite a... <clears throat> he was in a difficult situation, but he he, uh, he booked, booked one of those little motor scooters and went around and distributed Wasn't books. that during COVID as well he was doing that? Something like that. It was in the marathon, I don't know okay, if it's okay. COVID or what, but, but he was such a... Anyway, he was a wonderful, wonderful... Devotee, he left. He was in India in Mayapur. He left this world in one of the most spiritual places in on the planet. So uh, he's probably in, in the spiritual world. Listening to this podcast right now. So <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to my Pandit Prabhu. I'm sure he told me that he loved the podcast. I'm sure you said that one. So. <laughs> never, <laughs> never even heard about it. Yeah, interesting. Like um, he's very humble. That's all I. I don't really get to speak to him so much. He knew everything. Mm. He knew everything. It was like, and he was also he was very. Um, you know, they say like um, generally, and this is this is with like sort of sort of Vedic psychology. So it might you know it might be quite, what's the word like old school these days? But they say it would be generally. Um, psychologically they'd say oh, a lady approach, approaches things as an art so cooking as an art for example or you know any particular activity she, they approach it as an art while men generally should approach it as a science that's what they say anyway and I'm just using that, using that as an example it has how Nimai would just see everything as, as a he would understand the science behind everything and therefore he could mm. make everything very, very brilliant. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting topic, I think, with anything. You have to get the balance right between that feminine and masculine energy or in what you're describing, like the science of a thing and then the expression of a thing. Like, that was one thing I was talking to Shiva Ramaswamy a lot about was like making art and painting. And I tend to be on the feminine side of things in that regard like just express myself and just make it however I want to make it but he told me you really have to get the science down like figure out how to actually do this thing properly hmm. like if you haven't got the science and you've just got the creativity there's something you know yeah that's why I always I always appreciated um, Picasso more when I saw how brilliantly he could actually draw mm. you know mm. And when I saw just Picasso's, like, you know, some of his, like, weird stuff, I thought, oh, this guy's obviously just a bit of a cop-out. He's obviously, like, a bit of a yeah. scammer in the art world. You know, he obviously can't paint. But then, actually, he knew the science behind it. Mm. 
you gotta know the rules before you break them isn't it yeah like I think that's the mainstream kind of art these days tends to be more about like it's just make it up like I think they don't t- I was disappointed when I studied art because I didn't learn they didn't teach me the science I mm. wanted to know the science of how to be a painter how to mm. mix paint properly how to properly like you know yeah. you know how to get depth within a scene and things like that and but it was all about like at the time it was this um what was the name of the uh, fa- famous you know there was Tracy Emming in a dirty room which was oh, seen yeah. as like absolutely brilliant and there was also the um the some who, someone who put a cow in half and put it into formaldehyde yeah. That's heavy. Damien Hirst. Damien Hirst. Yeah. So, and it, it was just these people were seen as brilliant. So then, then art, my art, my fine art, um, sort of qualification just became like, basically, it wasn't about art. It was about like making up a philosophy and just trying to make a point in mm. some like strange way. Did you? You did that in Swansea as well. I did that? Is that the same place? Kleinerbrin. No, I, I went there afterwards. I went to Klein, I went to Kleinerbrin and did a national diploma in fine art. Mm. And then I went to the Swansea University then, but at that time I was just heavy on drugs and I remember just sitting in the class and just, I, in the middle of the class, I just was thinking, why am I doing this? And just got yeah. up and just walked out. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a bit, it was a bit, a bit silly, like what you learn. Like I, I told you about the sand, didn't it? Like I, I turned up in the class and there was, um, there was like a pile of sand in the middle of the room. Hmm. And I was just like, oh, okay, what are we going to learn today? And then the guy who was teaching, he just he showed a few pictures on the slideshow, and he goes, "And today, we're gonna take this sand back to Swansea Beach where it belongs." <laughs> so like the whole class, we put all the sand in a Tesco carry bag, walked down to uh-huh. Swansea Beach, and we released it, and it was like a completely different color sand. Like it was, yeah. it's like white sand. You know, it was, it was for me. It was just like so preposterous. But I told yeah. the same story to Shiva Ramswami. He didn't seem that like he was just like. And then after in the conversation, he said, like he was he was being quite like heavy about. Yeah. He said maybe you should learn how materials work before you start using them. Like uh-huh. he could see the value in the lesson, kind of thing. Like to learn about materials, to learn about sand, and uh-huh. anyway, it was it was just like far out how he saw the good in it, you know. Yeah. But um, then later he said when he was at when he was at school, when he was at college, he studied engineering, mm-hmm. and he said anyone who studied art, they've got their head in the sand. Yeah. That's where you have to take the sand out. Is what you <laughs> 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 it is like that, you know. Like um, very practical. It's good to be practical in this world, you know, to have the sciences down. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing, because yeah, ultimately, if you because if you know something as a science, then you can be. Then that's how to make it very brilliant. Mm. Yeah, because with it, with it, if you if you understand something as an art, then you get so far. But if you understand the science behind it, also then. Mm. which is why like with Krishna consciousness it it is a science because ultimately it's about developing a relationship with Krishna which is like an organic thing it's like it's not like a you know rigid structured thing but if you just try and have like an organic relationship with Krishna without understanding the science of how to do that it's never going to connect right you you meet a lot of people yeah Yeah, I love Krishna and it's like what does that mean like it's yeah, you gotta understand the science. But Bhakti, I mean, that's the way Bhakti is so interesting. Is because, like, astrologically, like normally, if you have got Prahaspati in your astrological chart, then it's good for uh, self-realization and spiritual advancement. But actually, with Bhakti and Christian consciousness, if you have Venus, which is actually like the god of love, it's actually um, better because 
bracket is all about love, you know, like Guru Maharaj has got Venus exalted to the tenth degree, hundredth degree or something mad like that, you know. So it's um, so it is interesting. You got both. There's so many examples of both. Like when, what is it? When Prabhupada, you know, one there's one Indian lady there who's just crying and just chanting Hare Krishna and you know, seemingly emotionally like just like on the emotional level. Mm. But Prabhupada says she should get initiated tomorrow. Yeah. Something like that. You know, Jamasunda. So you got these. You know, emotions are very deeply appreciated in bhakti, but then sometimes it becomes sentiment. Yeah, it's important to learn how to use your emotions in the right way. You know, mm. like um, if you're using emotions in connected to Krishna, that's good. But sometimes it's like, oh, I don't feel very good today. I'm not going to do anything. You know, like. So, Krishna, all emotions are appreciated because Krishna. Even if when like when Putin or the witch tried to kill Krishna, she you know she had horrible intentions, but because she just want she wanted to kill him in a way that rendered some service, Krishna took he takes all the good and ignores the bad. Mm. But um, real love means you need to sacrifice. Mm. Like you got this like so I remember someone was talking recently. He was a good friend, but you're talking about spiritual. You know we need spiritual. Um, communities sort of thing you know mm. and like oh yeah, we shouldn't like institutions aren't very good you know no one likes institutions or institutionalized things they're bad but like you know more free-flowing and like you know communes sort mm. of thing you know which sounds nice but what you have to be careful of is you, know, you can have a community but if, if it's a community where everyone's just doing what they want to do and just happy, just like, yeah, this is, I like doing this, you like doing that, so then we sort of gel. But what you'll get if you have more of a, a community that's actually based around something, say you have institutions based around, you know, spreading Krishna consciousness, for example, community that's based around certain, has a, it needs that certain central dynamic because then the members will sacrifice for each other. And if you sacrifice for others, then you actually develop love. Mm. So if you just have a community where you don't have that element, that common goal that you need to sacrifice for, then um, you actually don't develop deep communities. You don't develop loving relationships. And it all remains quite shallow. Am I making sense? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really speaking to that kind of difference between the science and the art. Like the You need the structure to facilitate the softness, to facilitate the relationships, the yeah. community, you know, like... That's what they talk about, that. Yeah. It's the masculine-feminine principle, and they use those words just broadly and just to help describe it, but, mm. you know, you have... You know, these days, you don't like to put a nomenclature on such things, but, yeah, you need the... You know, the, the masculine means it provides the environment by which the feminine can express itself, mm. you know? It's like when we were putting up the tents at the Rathiatra Festival, mm. you know? The ladies, when they put up the tents, their tents looked very beautiful. Mm. The boys, when we put up the tent, it was just your basic, like, okay, the tent's up, and we got the TV, and the TV's plugged in, you know? So it was like the, the masculine <laughs> element was there, you know? It had the, the structural element. But what, how, how it's expressed within that, then that's the feminine element. Mm. So the, mas the masculine element will be like, you know, this is, okay, this has got, the, the purpose is fulfilled. 
you know, the purpose of a chair is that you sit on it. So yeah, I have this bit of wood here and it's like, oh, you know, I've created a chair, but how the chair looks and how it feels when you sit in it, etc. that's meant to be the feminine aspect. That's why masculine and feminine and everything is meant to work together. The masculine provides the stage by which the feminine can express. And that's how uh, Krishna consciousness is. And that's how you, you know, if you know the masculine principle, okay, I've got to give my love to Krishna. And then, okay, how am I going to do that? Mm. I have my life and I have these different elements in my life. These are the masculine principle. How can I engage these in Krishna service? And how do I do that? And what's it look like? And what form will it take? And that's yoga. That's back to yoga. That's, that's to connecting. Yoga. We hear about it a lot in the in the Bhagavad Gita. Like Krishna asks, no, Arjuna asks. Like, you, in, is it the beginning of the fifth chapter? He's like, you told me about. You told me on the one hand it's good to like renounce everything and gain knowledge, but on the other hand to work is better or something like that. And Krishna says like to actually work with knowledge is better than renouncing it. Like to not work. Yeah. So like. To be really spiritual is is actually use our intelligence to link every, every everything we do to that to Krishna, and and then everything sort of flourishes in its own way. Then, you know, the more you get in the way, the less it, you know. Yeah, use a proper use something with knowledge, not at all. My Prabhupada used the example like, okay, I've got a disease in my eye that's giving me pain. Mm. So when you say the impersonalist will say, okay, well, remove the eye. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got your eye removed, therefore no pain. Therefore, this is, so, you know, some people say spiritual life is, well, get rid of, you know, no, no relationship, no form, nothing. Mm. You know, okay, that's spiritual, but actually, you know, what better is it you get a doctor and you actually cure the eye mm. and the eye becomes healthy and actually is utilized and helps you see and, you know, helps you enjoy life more sort of thing. So it's better to use something with knowledge Sometimes better using something with ignorance is better to just okay, just don't use it at all. You know, you're causing some damage here. Mm. But better than not using it at all is okay, use it with knowledge and use it properly. Like if someone's playing an instrument and it sounds horrible, look, it's just better just to stop. Mm. But if that if you can do it properly, then you can create a beautiful symphony and everyone will want to hear and you should carry on playing as mm. much as possible. And the way to do it properly is you gotta find a teacher. You can't just teach yourself. You can to one level. If you really want to perfect that, mu- actually play a symphony, play some beautiful music. If you want to perfect your life, you need teachers that that will correct you. They're not scared to correct you. Yeah. Like you said at the start, in that you're feeling, you know, can't get not getting away with anything in a minute. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, it's mercy. It's like then you're forced to you're forced to improve. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes forced improvement. Okay, it's a bit bit more bit more you know a bit more can be a bit more difficult, but down the road when you look back on it you're always like yeah that was the be- that was the best time of my life yeah and the reason the reason the improvements are forced is because like they, they've been flagged before like these different elements I need to work on just a bit of a rebel without a cause it's just the way I, my nature has been forever just like I, I'll decide I'll do whatever I want doesn't matter what you say and I have no reason why I'm even rebellious like there's actually no cause for it it's just so like this, I'll do it my way. Yeah. So like it's been there throughout, and people have been telling me you got to work on this, you got to work on this. But I feel like the past week it's got to a point where it's like, work on it or go away. <laughs> In one sense, not mm-hmm. not literally, but like, work on it or, you know, like it's 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 become more like, you got to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm I, grateful I, for that for sure. Like, mm. try and work on it. 
next night. Yeah, we've all got stuff we gotta work on, yeah. Yeah. You gotta you gotta put it in you gotta like if you really have to wanna work it work on it though, you gotta make it like a goal, like a Sankalpa and keep returning to it every day and keep reminding yourself that you're working on it. Because the mind is just like this automatic bird that's trying to fly out the window. You know what I'm saying? I was mad that boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. Just panicking. Panic absolutely panicking. And I was, you know, I had no way to communicate with it, you know. Similarly, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, Krishna is trying to help us, mm. but our consciousnesses are so different. Like, you know, yeah. that, like, I can't communicate with that. How do I communicate with that bird, you know? Mm. So Krishna is trying to communicate with us as best as he can. He's, and and he, he's doing a pretty good job since he's the perfect person. So he's got, you've got Bhagavad Gita there, you've got, mm. you know, there's there's so much material there which is telling us directly what to do, but still... We have the psychology where we just keep hitting the glass. Mm. But uh, but uh, anyway, eventually, eventually, you know. Yeah, we got to stop, stop and take a second out. Like, um, if you ever want to, if you, you know, like if you're pulling back an, a bow and arrow, you got to pull it back before it goes forward. You don't just like throw the arrow at the front. You have to pull it back, take mm. aim and go. But it's same like that in life. You sometimes you got to take a step back to take a step forward. You know the story about the wood chopper? Woodcutter. Oh, sure. You don't know about it. Maybe you do. I have a feeling I'm about to hear. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you. I just want to <laughs> you know about it. Anyway, what else do we want to talk about? I think that's, I think that's a wrap. Can I tell a woodchopper story? It's good. good. Okay, there's a woodcutter, yeah? He just started his new job. He's got his axe. And he's just plowing down the trees, you know? Mm. Sounds more like a horse, but... Mm. So, yeah, his first day, he chops down 20 trees. Uh-huh. He's like, ah, oh, that was good. I worked hard. I feel good. Tomorrow, I'm going to go harder. I'm going to impress my boss. Do more trees tomorrow. So he comes back the next day. Smart, smart, smart. Works really hard, hmm. and he's only done eighteen trees. Hmm. So he's like, he gets confused. He's like, what the heck? I just worked twice as hard. Next day, I'm gonna really go for it. So the next day, he just really empties his tank, like completely tries to get down every tree in the forest. And by the end, he's counted his stumps. He's only done twelve trees, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what the heck? He gets really dejected. Puts his axe on his shoulder. He's just there with his hand, head in his hand. And there's a passerby. <laughs> passerby is like, what's the matter, woodchopper? And he's like, oh, listen, I chopped down the trees. First day I chopped down 20. Every day I've been trying to improve, but I've been doing less and less trees. Like, and the passerby goes, ah, maybe you should have stopped and sharpened your axe. Whoa. So like that, people. Maybe it's time to stop and sharpen your axe. Sure. Take a step back. Okay. And, uh, Readdress the situation. Food for thought. We've been the Welsh yogis. We'll see. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hare Krishna. God bless everyone. Adrita Gradhar Shivatadi Gurbatarina Madhasri Bajashi Tishna Chaitanya Rabunitanan
ਦਾ ਗਰੀਆ ਦੀਤਾ ਗਦਾਧਾਰ ਕੀ ਬਸ ਦੀ ਬੋਲ ਬਤ